you know, there are a lot of tough jobs out there, but being a banker, I think, has got to be tougher, especially a community banker. They come after you during COVID, and nobody can do any business. And then you come back and after in the after Silicon Valley, and with Fed raising interest rates, and Silicon Valley goes under, and there are new restrictions on banks. It is awfully tough. One of the successful ones in among the community bankers is Texas Security Bank. Craig Chief is the founder, chairman, CEO of Texas Security, and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thank you, David. Always good to be with you. Sorry, do you just like constantly look over your shoulder and say, who's coming after me next? <laughs> well, there's been a lot over our 15 years. You know, it started, we started in May of 08, which was kind of the beginning of the banking crisis. So we're uh, somewhat used to choppy waters in, in, in the industry. And, uh, but uh, yeah, every, every couple of years or so, there's something that you got to um, kind of, navigate through and you know uh, things that people forget about banks is you know you don't like to hear this but they're they're fragile enterprises if you think about how they're structured um they're leveraged 10 to 12 to 1 um they uh they uh, operate on very thin margins and uh, are given very thin margin for error in terms of of loan losses and so you know well capitalized very liquid banks are the ones that end up surviving. There's also other things like increased regulation. And for community banks, it's more difficult for us to bear that cost than some of the uh, uh, financially significant uh, organizations, you know, your your Chases, your Wells, your, your, your B of A. Um, so there's plenty of challenges, um, but uh, we, we've been very blessed, very fortunate, have a really good customer uh, base of uh, loyal diverse business owners so we've, well we've... and it, get, it gets down to your niche and also how you market to it because we when we first talked i think it was 2020 and they were coming out with the uh the payment paycheck protection programs and all the helps and you were reaching out to all your customers to try to teach them how to fill out the forms and so i'm sure there was a certain bonding that took place and then after that, you were sort of tell, teaching them how to get forgiveness of those loans, and that certainly increased the bond. But yeah, so, everybody's trying to take your customers away. They're they're running ads in the newspaper again, you know, touting CDs of over five percent. I hadn't seen that in years. No, I never thought I'd see it again. It's crazy, and 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 it's a once in a fifty year event, David. Really, I mean. Uh, to have rates go up as much as they they did within the very short period of time, you know, seven Fed hikes within a, a, a 12 month period, 15 months ago, Fed funds, which is kind of what everything is benchmarked off of for for banks, um, you know, 15 months ago, they're, they're about 30 basis points. And today, um, you know, we're at about five and a quarter. And I think there's uh, everybody, 96% of the Experts out there think that we're going to get at least one more hike uh, this week. So um, it, it just it's just going to take a while uh, for uh, banks earning assets uh, to reprice, um, but they will. Um, but it's it's been very difficult on banks' uh, net interest margin. By and large, uh, especially banks here in North Texas, uh, loan quality, asset quality is yeah. is is hanging tough, which is. Um, really good. 
Um, but the war out there right now with all the tightening by the Fed is for deposits. So banks are having to compete very, very hard for deposits. And, and going back to your comment regarding PPP, uh, yeah, I think we, we did benefit from the goodwill that was created um, uh, during that time period. Um, nonetheless, we've had to increase our um, deposit rates uh, very significantly. Which over cuts the last... into your margins, I would assume. For sure, yeah, yeah. So, so tell good. me about tell me about the playing field. You've been doing this a lot, you know, a lot longer than fifteen years. But you know, with Texas Correct. Security, you started fifteen years ago. But there just aren't as many banks as there used to be. We're not we're not a Canada yet by any stretch. But I would guess there are half the number of banks out there that there were probably 15 years ago when you started. And it and it looks like it's getting less. Yeah. So when I started in banking, I'm going to date myself here, back in 1988, there was 18,500 different bank charters nationally. Today, there's less than 5,000. Now, that's more than 15 years. Uh, but the thing that that's driving it is uh, the increased regulation, um, to a large degree, you also have a lot of existential threats in terms of technology, fintechs encroaching on payment systems and encroaching on uh, lending platforms, organizations that maybe don't necessarily have uh, the, the same federal regulations that we do, payment systems like Zelle and PayPal and, and, and those type of uh, fintechs. The other thing is when you look at technology uh, playing such a big role in banking today, that digital experience that the cus customer has, um, and you look, you combine that with uh, the age of the people running these banks, community banks. So the average age of a community bank director is 72. Oh, wow. The, the average age of a community bank CEO is 68. So think of that demographic and and not in all cases, but in most cases, how ill-equipped they are to really see down the road technology-wise. How's that business owner 10 years from now going to consume banking services? So th those are the, you know, those are the dynamics at play that I think are really driving the consolidation that you're talking about. But but if there ought to be at least a niche survivor, it ought to be somebody like you, I would think. Somebody who, I mean, it's fine on most cases to just have a faceless banker. I mean, if you're just trying to move mm -hmm. money to a kid or across the country or pay off a bill or a service a mortgage or something like that, you don't need anybody. But there are times when you need to go down and sit somebody and, and just bare your soul and say, here's what I'm trying to accomplish help me how do i do what i want to do and interestingly i talked to some silicon valley customers some young startup and they got that service out of silicon valley they would have somebody that would fly in and sit down with them and hold their hand and help them through the process and of course yeah. they 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 lost that uh when silicon valley disappeared i would think that small businesses need that even more yeah so uh you know the you know, Silicon Valley banks taken a lot of criticisms, but what I know about them is there were there were are uh, a lot of phenomenally talented bankers that do add the value that you're talking about. So that was the whole premise of of our bank uh, when we started it was um, really first of all gaining a 
incredible appreciation for what it takes to create an enterprise, make it profitable, uh, pay payroll, grow, all those things. So the sacrifice and risk that business owners take, and a lot of them, as you know, um, entrepreneurs, uh, if they have a college degree, it's usually not in one of the, you know, in business disciplines. And so they're starved for information. So the need for a banker that understands how a business operates, how their, uh, their treasury and controller operation function within the organization, understand inventory management and receivable collection and, and key performance indicators and things like that. That's how we we uh, train our our bankers on a consistent basis, so they can have a rich value added uh, conversation. So I do think there is a need for banks uh, banks like that that are you know I hate to use the term trusted advisor, but you know uh, a business owner having somebody to talk to. Here's where I you know what I it is. You know what it is. It's dad. Everybody, you know, you you need dad, somebody you could go in and say, look, I screwed up. Help me out of this mess. You do. You do for sure. And here's the thing, David, uh, I heard uh, there's a guy named Tom Mashad who runs the financial institution group at KBW. And he was talking about, you know, uh, post signature SBV, uh, you know, there was kind of a scare on regional banks and smaller banks and who benefited from that. Um, the big banks did sure. because they knew they were too big to fail. That's a flight to safety. Uh, but his point was that the, the significant amount of capital that is put out by independent banks and community banks within uh, small, our small towns and big towns, because that's just not a space that the big banks cover very well, but if if the capital that they have to lend out goes to the big banks, that's not good for Main Street America right. at all. Even middle market uh, type companies, um, that cap- capital is necessary to be able to to service the capital needs of uh, business owners um, in towns like Dallas and towns like Plano and Colleyville and Grapevine and South Lake. There's just tons of business owners that without that independent bank, independent community bank out there, they're just not going to be served well. So do you think the attrition rate has has slowed significantly? Are we because that's that's one of the things I thought really coming out of signature Silicon Valley. I mean, even Credit Suisse is that we were going to see I thought overnight a ton of mergers because they needed one another to prop each other up. But I haven't seen it. Yeah, and that's that's really that's what the other things uh, Mr. Mashad talked about is that you, you know when we the, the amount of money that the FDIC fund not taxpayers but the FDIC fund paid uh, for Signature and SVB and there was one other one um, was more than all the hundred plus banks combined in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Yeah. Those three, those those three three banks, uh, and his point was, you you've got to have the industry take care of itself, and and you know uh, taxpayers and the FDIC fund can't be the bailout, but looking to towards other organizations to to take them over. What I would say in regard to the speed up 
of M&A and acquisitions because of the reasons that you gave. Um, by and large, the industry is in pretty good health. Um, it's well capitalized, even with the bond marks uh, due to rising interest rates that most banks have, have experienced. As I said, asset quality uh, continues to be pretty good. Um, but what's impeding that is the multiples are awful. And uh, it's just not a good time to yeah. sell a bank. But uh, do I think that, that uh, you know, once interest rates normalize and banks' margins return and multiples return, that there'll be pent-up demand released uh, with a vengeance? Yes, I do. So in, you know, 05, 06 time frame, um, it, it could be, uh, those could be record years in terms of deals getting done, in my opinion. My well, opinion. And, and here's hoping that uh, we're beginning to see the, at least that, that peak in interest rates and back toward uh, some sense of normalcy. Craig Sheaf is the founder, chairman, and CEO of Texas Security Bank. We always enjoy our conversations. Thank you again for the time. We appreciate it. David, thank you very much. Thanks a lot. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.